0: Have you seen this? The historical action wildlife horror movie where Michael Douglas slays pussy. seen this the world's only podcast about obscure overlooked and misbegotten media
1: all discussions will be spoiler heavy
0: you have been warned
1: let's get michael douglas out of the way because i just want to say that it is always a chore for me to watch a movie with michael douglas in it like and that's a that's a me thing but i have never been a fan i just find him intensely creepy just
0: a, a lizard just like a lizard person I, yeah. I for one I was glad to see that the lions from roar were getting work still togar yeah, yeah.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> it's You know what? Here's the thing. Like, everyone's always like, oh, you know, just, just start at the theater. Start at some AFI film thesis Start on some indie films. You'll work your way up. The, the movie, it's going to flip overnight. You'll be Union before you know it. And it's always a fucking lie. Um, so I'm really proud, like, Togar made it, and he actually was able to go, <laughs> go Union. Like, good yeah. for him, man. I mean, you know if, so many lions don't. So many lions end up, you know, on on Hollywood and Vine, yes, you know, nothing, uh, dressed yes. as Superman. <laughs> If nothing else, if I else, was an uh, actor
0: who had like mauled Melanie Griffith, I'm pretty sure I would not get hired again. But you know, yeah, they made it work. You'll never
2: work in this town again, <laughs>
0: right? Yeah, you, you and uh, uh, Ar- Army Hammer, like you're 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 gonna be riding that tiger out of Hollywood.
1: Yeah. Um. The thing about Army Hammer and Togar is that they both eat people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, if nothing else, at least Togar got his SAG card from appearing in Roar. So good for mm. him. Um. In case you haven't guessed, um, speaking of Roar, uh, we have a triumphantly returning guest. Uh, it is our friend Emma of the Hyenas and Gin channel on YouTube. Um, be sure to check out her videos because she just did a very funny one about um, a, a dinosaur anime. I didn't know such a thing existed. Um, but yeah, that's Hyenas and Gin on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. Emma, Welcome. Hi, it's good to have that. Yeah, I was to say it's good to have me back. Does that sound right? I don't it is know. good to have <laughs> you <laughs> back. All right, good, good. Um, Emma it's is being very our... presumptuous
2: there. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Emma is our go-to animal expert, and uh, that is why uh, we have her back to talk about this movie. Um, what are we talking about, Emma? We
2: are talking about 1996's "The Ghost and the Darkness," which is. Um, so sometimes like movies are bad and you have fun watching it because you're like, I could see the guy's zipper or like the editing's all over the place. And this movie is interesting because it is based on something that I think in good, competent hands would make a really good story. Mm-hmm. It's a story about two lions who are eating people.
0: Just living the dream. Yep.
2: <laughs> and it is
0: boring. Yeah. So that
2: to me, I think, is, is the biggest shame and the biggest sin that um, The Ghost in the Darkness commits, which is it is a movie about lions that eat people, and it's very boring. It's not even, oh, I love watching this. It's threw spoons at the movie screen. You know, <laughs> It's just boring. Ain't no one doing a midnight showing of The Ghost in the Darkness. Riff tracks is not you know going to release The Ghost in the Darkness. It is a boring, forgettable movie, which is fine. The 90s were full of those. But, like I said, it has such an interesting premise, and that's what makes me frustrated about this movie
1: very yeah, much. The, the movie because...
0: itself is it's it's very clear, it's clean, it's simple and artless. like that's that's my impression of it.
1: And mm-hmm. I think a big problem is that, um, while there is a very interesting story, this is not one of the better movies by the screenwriter. This was, of course, written by William Goldman, who you will know from uh, Butch Cassidy and The Sundance Kid. Uh, the Princess Bride, um, many indelible classics. None of those classics. had lions
0: in them. That's, How
2: come that's... we don't have lions riding on a bicycle while raindrops <laughs> keep falling on my head
1: plays? <laughs> he just had to do that, and it would have been a good movie.
0: If it had been Butch and Sundance and a lion.
1: If the lions had only been played by uh, Redford and Newman... <laughs> like in big furry suits but no uh the lions did fine in this um the people around them not so much but yeah this is a william goldman screenplay definitely one of his weaker ones and the other issue is that this movie was also produced by one of his one of its stars um this movie of course stars a uh, val kilmer emily mortimer Uh, very nice to see her, um... Yes. ...however briefly, but, uh, yeah, so we've got Val Kilmer, who was in his, um, notorious difficult phase of stardom, and then He was in his goblin mode. (laughs) Yeah, and then we've got Michael Douglas, who kind of saved the film because, uh, it was a toss-up as to whether it was gonna get made, and then Douglas read the script, thought it was great, and was like, well, of course, like, I'm going to play a role, um... So I feel that that throws off the balance a little bit, um, and it's not. Man, this this is not a character for the ages. This character of, of Remington the hunter, because you almost wonder if Douglas didn't come in like, okay, like give, me, make me look like the biggest badass possible. And it's just... That's about
0: all the character development that he got. It was <laughs> mostly done by costume.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because Goldman's issue with the finished film is that um, I think initially he wanted uh, Remington to be just uh, a cipher, like um, a complete... Like
0: Quint, maybe?
1: Yeah. I mean, because... characters uh, are very flat m- in this. Yeah. Because... Y- Quint does have like some backstory and a ve- very memorable scene, but that's it. You know, like it's, you don't, it's not like, oh, you know, like Quint's living on this boat because he and his wife split up and like blah, blah. Um, but
0: Yeah, whereas in this, like character development is by way of um, hey, let's have a round of drinks and have a pleasant time. I'll and say one this, of these so, characters is gonna get killed.
2: And I'll say this though, spoilers, for nineteen ninety six is the ghost in the darkness. Right, um yeah. Quinn's death is memorable and I um remember like the first couple of times I watched Jaws, I found it very uncomfortable to watch because he dies it very is. horribly. Yeah. And yeah, uh, when fucking right. Remington the Great White Hunter like he dies off screen. Yeah. And so it feels yeah. very anticlimactic because, like I said, it's a l- movie about two lions
1: that eat people. <laughs> I want to see, I want to see some vor. Right. And it also, <laughs> yeah. it also comes after a dream sequence which is fucking hilarious. Hilarious. The way it plays yeah. out. So you're kind of like, ha, ha, that was stupid. Oh, that guy got eaten. Well, shit. Hmm. So yeah, how you, Val Kilmer? And
0: the way that he found that they found him is actually kind of interesting. That would have been good to put at the front of the movie because it's all death by implication. You just see like all the bloods like splattered across the grass where it's just this big red patch where it's like, if you come across that, Mm -hmm. you're like, well, something bad happened here, but I don't know the full shape of it yet.
1: Well, that's another thing is that also the, the director of this film is, um, not one of our greater auteurs, um, a working director named Stephen Hopkins, like no disrespect to the guy. And I do feel a little bad for him because immediately after this, he made lost in space. Oh, right. So, Strike two. too bad. Did
2: he ever recover from that? Or is he one of those, like, directors who just kind of went into, like, the, the producer Hollywood, like, ether, never to be seen again?
1: Well, yeah, actually, he did work. Um, he did uh, quite a bit of television work. He did, um, in 2016, he made a pretty well-received and reasonably successful movie about Jesse Owens. Um, So he did okay. And I'm guessing that probably this... Set maybe wasn't like the most optimal or like happy experience because Val Kilmer was on it and yeah, it just walking 90s. around
0: snapping his teeth at everyone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> 90s Val Kilmer. Um, but yeah, like, um, to get back to the character of Remington and like Douglas's presence, I don't think it's necessarily bad for like a, an executive producer or whatever to you know, hey, take part in the movie, fuck it. And it's not that Douglas is a bad actor. It's just that this character is not well-written. It's not a well-written script. And um, going back to it, um, the second Generally time... Generally kind of
0: a problem with a movie, yeah.
1: Yeah, the second time through that I watched it, um, you know, the, the opening scene, for example, where we first meet Val Kilmer's character, Patterson. Mm-hmm awful dialogue in that scene. And my assumption was that it had been maybe rewritten after they got it from Goldman, but the screenplay was published under his name and he let that scene be published as is. And I was like, damn, really? Yeah,
0: where his boss is just saying, like, I'm an evil man, and I (laughs) like it when people hate me, because I like being cruel to people. It's like, I know the British in, like, the 19th century are assholes, but come on.
1: Yeah, it's like, put a finer point on it, why don't you? Right, It also
2: does that thing in the 90s um, where they need to have the voiceovers. I mean, like you kind of said, the director is not in a tour. Implication, what was that? I know directors use subtext and they're cowards. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not a very subtle movie. And it's just weird to have a Samuel, you know, who's, um, I just, I like, I like to that characters be like, you know. He's cool. Yeah. He's like, you know, at the dawn of man or whatever. Or yeah. There were lions, you know, what, what kind of thing. Um and also, can we can we please talk about Val Kilmer's accent in this? Such because as it is.
1: He had to go all the yeah. way to Af- Africa to find it.
2: It is amazing. It is like um, if you're drinking and you're trying to do an Irish accent, you sort of do the Joe Biden thing where you trail off because you realize you don't actually know how to do an Irish accent.
0: <laughs> I, did, did Val Kimler, like lose his voice as retribution for this accent? <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, oh, he trails off, Karma, he's,
0: like, yeah. <laughs> he's like,
1: oh,
2: the lions, sir, I'm going to find them and hunt them down.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, I, I mean, he doesn't sound any worse than Ryan O'Neal in, um, in uh, Barry Lyndon. It's, it's very similar, um, very similar leprechaun accent.
1: <laughs> I would um I would argue that Val Kilmer is a much stronger actor than Ryan O'Neill, though. I mean, There's that, Ryan huh? O'Neill works very well in Barry Lyndon, almost because of his blankness. Right. Um. You know, just like not, and not a good guy, IRL. Yeah. Much like Barry Lyndon. Yeah, so his it, method. So that's very apt casting by, uh, by Kubrick. Val Kilmer, on the other hand, is tremendously talented. Um, and, and, and he'll
0: be the first to tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Good Lord, like he he actually just came out with his memoir. Have either of you guys seen it? It's called I'm Your Huckleberry, which is great.
0: I'm still getting through um, a Matthew Perry's memoir. So. I,
2: I have not. <laughs> I was not sure that. if where we as a society stood on Val Kilmer because on one hand he was um, obviously notoriously like difficult mm-hmm. and a fucking nightmare to work with. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, he like never confessed to wanting to eat another human. So yeah. <laughs> maybe the truth is in the middle. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure one if we have a in society column, of yeah. a forgiven Val Kilmer and more importantly if Val Kilmer has kind of learned and grown as a
1: person I, I mean feel... I haven't had
0: to work with him and uh-huh. you know I liked uh, Top Secret
1: so Top Secret is still like yeah. a great film but um, I did look into Val Kilmer a little bit because obviously there has been a lot of water under the bridge since 1996 and as Tim alluded to um, Val has since uh, suffered throat cancer from which he recovered but he has lost his voice um mm. did either of you see the uh documentary that came out about him last year no it's I a little bit it's it work. i don't want to say a little bit it is a vanity project um <clears throat> and um and you know how actors are they love to be on camera so val kilmer has obsessively documented most of his life from like his his days at juilliard on practically um <clears throat> so he had a lot of videotape to draw from um and of course like it's his it's a, uh, and he does have a couple of uh there are there are two directors credited on this documentary but i'm sure he was calling the shots because why wouldn't he um right. and you know it is a little bit it is it is fairly vain um it is a little superficial um much like his memoir, which I think was produced um, at about the same time and in, kind of in concert with this with this documentary, because it repeats some of the same themes. And it's interesting, like, what he reveals and what he doesn't reveal, because, of course, you know, if anybody's, it, you know, if y'all are like me, you are going to want to read this book to find out, like, does he talk about being a huge asshole on the set of so many movies,
0: uh, well, I have a feeling everyone's a hero of their own memoir, so mm-hmm. you probably aren't going to get that.
1: Well, he sort of alludes to it in an oblique way. Hmm. Um, but
0: yeah, it's a lot of look at what you made me do.
1: Well, pretty much because there's a part in the I'm in not the, normally like this. There's a part in the documentary where he does talk about um, Island of Doctor Moreau by pre- presenting some footage from his time on the set, and. Most of it is of the, uh, kind of the the pinch, uh, of course, like, Richard Stanley was originally the director on that until he got fired. Yeah, that was a
0: whole other can of worms.
1: And he went, he went feral, basically. Um, the documentary Lost Soul is, is very interesting about that film. Um, so they brought in John Frankenheimer, who was a uh, tyrant of the old school, just like, I'm here to work, I'm here to finish this, like, everybody fucking fall in line, and I'll Holler at you if you do. So there's a lot of footage of Frankenheimer like yelling at the crew, and Kilmer uh, commiserating with his co-star uh, <laughs> David Thewlis, and like a couple of interactions between like him and Brando, which seem to be friendly. Um, even though apparently like Brando like you know like alphaed him like as soon as he came to set.
0: Brando, you don't say um, I mean, it sounds like overall Val Kilmer is very self-possessed But that sure. can be um, abrasive Like if you just take that too far
1: Well, yeah, and if you if you Look at the Lost Souls documentary There is a lot of uh, There are a few anecdotes where People talk about How like he approached The, you know The collaboration of filmmaking Which was basically to just like smoke a cigarette and then just be like, yeah, it's not going to work. Like it's not going to cut together. It's like, well, I think my thing is you how it's going like, to like,
2: together? I think my thing is, like, when you hear these stories, like, oh, he was a monster on set and stuff. And I'm like, my question is always, like, to who? Because I don't care if him and some other director of Big Ego's, like, came to blows. So it's fucking Ken Watanabe, like, let them fight. You know? My question is, like, you know, is Val Kilmer screaming at, like, you know, the, the craft service people? Right, right, <laughs> you know? right, right. Is he, is, is you know, I guess this is my thing. Is he bothering and harassing and bullying, you know, below the line, the, the working class man? Yeah.
0: That's it does make more sense, like, contextually. Like, are we just looking at, like, a he said, she said, battle of egos right. situation? Right,
1: and as, as such... Because that just comes
0: down to PR.
1: Sure, and as such, um, Val's side of uh, Island of Dr. Murrow or what have you is an incomplete picture. Like, and even if he weren't, like, I think kind of protecting his own image a little bit, that it would still be an incomplete picture because, you know, he's not going to have the the entirety of the story. But I do find it interesting that he, he used the footage in that documentary as such a way to, uh, I feel like he kind of wanted to, like, vindicate himself a little bit. Like, you know, look at how, what a mess this set was. Like, look at our director. Like, our director was not chill. Here, my co-star agrees with me. Yeah, Um, and
0: I mean, given the context, too, like, who are you going to single out as, like, the one problem actor from the island of Dr. Moreau, of all things?
1: I mean, it's a toss up because, like, Brando was trolling the whole time, too, because he just had contempt for the proceedings, which, mm, you know, like, we debate whether that's right or not, but. They aren't
0: necessarily bad people, but, you know, they're just people in a bad situation, and they, you know, it brings out the worst in them.
1: And a further wrinkle is that, like, yes, it sucks. That, um, this happened to Richard Stanley, but since then, like, some pretty bad shit has come out about him, too, so it's like, well, you know, I'm All sorry right. Who he does didn't he get he want to eat now? I'm sorry he didn't get to make the movie he wanted, but, like, he also doesn't seem like a chill dude, but hey, who's chill in Hollywood? It's like watching pro wrestling and expecting anybody in pro wrestling to be a good person, like, it's not gonna happen, but, um...
0: <laughs> Don't meet your heroes.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. So, um... The Val documentary is like interesting, but if you want to learn, like, just what kind of a person is Val Kilmer, like, you're not really going to learn it because it is so opaque. And what kind of
0: person does Val Kilmer want you to think he is? Sure.
1: It's, and I don't blame him for maybe not wanting to be like, Hey, like, I'm gonna tell you literally every single thing about my life and like how I've fucked up and how I've hurt the like people pers- around me. a person and- who
0: thrives on popularity wants to wants you to wants to explain like why he's a bad person. Wants to get you to not like him.
1: Who would do yeah. that?
0: Yeah, I mean Val Kilmer or no? Like that's just career suicide. Yeah, he's you know
2: also
3: um, like, kind of sorry. He's go he's ahead. Like also the on, no, he's also Kanye level.
0: Level that.
2: He, he's in kind of an older generation. Like now, especially if like Me Too and stuff, it's all about, you know... Making posting something on Instagram, it's a little graphic text. Like this is this is not represent who I am. I'm taking the step blah, 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 the paste bin right. apology. Hear you. Yeah, and Val, and here's the thing: I do not think for a moment anyone who's ever done that fucking paste apology actually regrets, you know, <laughs> anything they are apologizing
0: for. Yeah, it's damage control.
2: Yeah, it's damage control. But even then, Val Kilmer comes from an older generation, and his ego would never allow for even the pay-spin apology.
1: Yeah, he's a boomer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is fair. Um, and, and that's the- why he
0: got eaten by a lion. <laughs> <laughs> he just
1: um, couldn't
0: swallow his pride, so to speak. Uh,
1: wah, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, another funny thing is that I did look through his memoir uh, to see if he had anything to recollect about uh making ghosts in the darkness um he mentions that he went to africa to make ghosts in the darkness and then he says oh and i was seeing cindy crawford at the time let me tell you what a great person cindy crawford is
2: (laughs) (laughs) which is i hey i I actually i no, i i met her i i did a birthday party for her kids one she was actually very nice so i will i will agree a foul there she was a
1: a very friendly, down-to-earth yeah, lady. another point yeah. for Val. I yeah, I'll say this: like, I'm sure that um, I mean, maybe uh, Joanne Wally would would say differently, but uh, she does appear in the documentary, so they are at least like on speaking terms. And uh, his kids also participate in the documentary; his grown kids, and he does seem to genuinely love his kids and have like a good relationship with them. So, you know, I mean, that also if, reflects if well an actor can.
0: Can get their adult children to still talk to them. That does seem like another point in their favor.
1: Mm. Yeah, and um, in fact, I once sold him and his kids books when I worked at the Borders bookstore on uh, Third Street Promenade. Rest in peace. Did you, did you ah. ask him to
0: snap his teeth at you?
1: I did not. I was just like, "Oh, Damn. that's Val Kilmer," and he bought they ever, and he, he bought, bought so much stuff for his kids, like a pile of books so mm-hmm. much that uh, I think I realized only after he'd left that they'd actually dropped a couple of things and forgotten to take them. <laughs> what do them? they care? Jen, yeah. have we
2: ever bonded about being like ex-Borders employees? Like, I had you, no I'm- idea. I used to work at a Borders, and I remember I like quit one day. I like I'd, I'd come in, I was like, "Today's my last day." And the poor assistant manager was like, "Okay, but just so you know, like you've quit without notice, so we can never rehire you at Borders Books
1: and Music." And you were like, <laughs> "Done oh, at Borders? Oh, no, yeah, you'll never work at this Borders. You'll never work at this Borders town again." <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess I'll just have to go to the center.
1: Well, and the joke was on them because look what happened to Borders. Yeah, they didn't <laughs> do much
0: hiring of anyone after that.
1: No, I worked at... All right,
2: so you worked at Third Street Promenade. I worked at the Borders at the Howard Hughes Plaza
1: over oh, by... Oh, uh, I remember it.
0: it.
2: Man Manchester, I want to say? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, geez. We could probably do a whole podcast about that. Podcast about Borders. <laughs> oh,
2: my God. We call it Doctors About Borders. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jen, get your doctorate. We need to make this work.
1: <laughs> all right. Back to school I go. Um,
0: yeah.
1: But yeah... Um, so Val has obviously changed a lot since the days of ghosts in the darkness. Um, uh, and it's
0: sequel ghost in the shell.
1: Like he, he, I didn't know
0: those were related.
1: And it is a little tough to see him in the documentary, like doing, because he, um, uh, he's got like a, I, I don't know what, like a tracheostomy or like whatever you call that. And he has to do the thing where he like holds his throat to speak. And you, I, you could barely understand what he's saying. Um, and for oh, a, is
2: he like um, one of the guys like on those anti-smoking ads when you used to watch Channel One in middle school? Yeah, he was like I was yeah. just smoking. Don't smoke. Yeah, like yeah. which is
1: tough for an actor like you know to lose yeah. your instrument like that. So I do feel bad for him for that. Um, and I do, and again, interest. It's interesting to see what he chooses to show. To the world, because to show himself uh like this, like not just older and not looking like the Val of the 80s and 90s, but also like, um you know, somewhat debilitated, um, not like in his prime and like not really able to speak. Like, I would commend him for that because it is like that does show like a certain amount of... of vulnerability it's just that there's a lot about his personal life that he doesn't seem to want to address for the public which hey maybe that's That's fine and he doesn't owe it to us
0: no we own him i've seen him on the screen he's now my property (laughs) i own the movie i own the actor but, Your life should be laid bare to me.
1: <laughs> But what I'm getting at is that um, I actually do like uh, Kilmer as an actor. Um, this is not one of his better roles, maybe because it's not one of his better movies.
0: It's not a good movie, yeah.
1: Right. And it is an interesting premise. So maybe now would be a good time for um, uh, Emma to tell us a little bit about the um, what I would call the titular characters. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> this... Um, uh, just to get you just to give you guys an idea um this movie is about the building uh by the british of the uganda railroad um in kenya it takes place um at a place in kenya called savo um maybe the worst crate what is savo famous for Maybe the worst place God created.
0: Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, that's, a, that, hey, that's, that's what
2: the
1: Samuel, our narrator, says. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh,
0: and Jen's like, "That's not true." It's <laughs> Valley.
1: I. What am I wrong? Um, well. well. <laughs> and uh, so the British are building this this railroad with uh, native labor, which is you know about as as chill as you would imagine. They don't spend a lot of time on that in the movie, unfortunately, which might have made it a more interesting movie, but. Um, the problem is, isn't just that um, Val Kilmer's character Patterson has to be in charge of building this bridge, it's that his uh, his workers are being eaten by fucking lions. Um, yeah,
0: this is a real two fisted tale of managerial science.
1: two Read it. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> My 34
2: male uh, co workers, uh, probably 15 to 42, keep eating eating by lions. Uh, male, seven and seven.
0: <laughs> AITA. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and so these are um, these uh, infamous lions were known as the man eaters of Savo. And Emma, this is where you take over because I feel like you know a lot about these lions.
2: Okie dokie, yeah. So um, this is an actual phenomenon. Um, Yeah, in the very late 1800s, in the middle of attempting to make a railway, there was a phenomenon where multiple people were eaten by two male lions. So the big question, people are like, whoa, I didn't know two two dudes, dude lions could be together and do dude things. Uh, Their love was beautiful. Their love was pure. (laughs) Yeah. They're putting an end to a (laughs) heteroponosis normative roles. Yeah. Yeah, Two maneless male. Yeah. Yeah, So that was the big thing about them. Um, So they were maneless, which does exist in lions. It's not unprecedented. There's also been instances of female lions who have acquired manes. And... um, so two male lions together is actually fairly common lions are one of the few species of sociable big cats so if lions are in a situation where they cannot find female lions and have a pride usually two lions will kind of hang out together it tends to be two or three though there was a really interesting phenomenon um i want to say either in the aughts or the teens called the mapogo lion coalition and i think it was like six male lions that just basically took over the entire range of Mapogo. Hmm. They formed like, a
0: democracy. They had, like, voting rights. It was wild. They,
2: they did. And then, like all good countries that formed democracies, um, there was there was a coup implemented by the U.S. government. So <laughs> oh. The, CIA, oh. the, Mapo- came yes. yeah, the CIA came in and killed all the Yeah, the CIA came in and actually did kill them. So it ended with the deaths of uh, Kinky Tail and Mr. T. And it broke. Those were actually, they all had names. <laughs> so there were two. There was a Kinky Tail and Mr. T. And both of them died broke up broke up the uh the democratic the Kogol cia
1: wow. came in and installed a puppet leopard government yeah <laughs> it's,
0: oh, it's the black panthers all over again
2: yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. um so Getting with the savo uh, going back to my my homework here um so with the savo man eaters we're not actually sure how many people were eaten um it ranges anywhere from 30 to 100 and there's obviously theories about why lions are going in and eating people, because right. it's usually not super common. Lions are creatures of habit. They're usually going to go after kind of, you know, hoofstock and things are kind of conditioned to go after it's rare you know animals even dangerous animals actively go over people especially in places like camps which um and this is actually kind of true to form where they're like oh we're going to make barriers and stuff to keep them out like this actually apparently the boma did happen so yeah so it's one thing for a lion to go after like someone you know stranded somewhere in the kalahari but the idea that these lions were going into you know camps of all little workers little nightcaps going you know is (laughs) um is is quite the phenomenon And like i said they at least document at least documented killed at least 30 people until uh patterson came in and um Called them, And if you're interested in lions or lion history, they are actually at the museum in Chicago. I don't know if they, they stare into your soul the way the narrator <laughs> says at the end. but They
0: do still kill people, though, there.
2: Yeah, so if you yeah, want but... to go and see some. Yeah, it's an interactive
1: yeah. exhibit. Right, well, yeah. I was
2: going to say, um, the lions Uday Hussein kept and fed to uh, journalists and other uh, forms of people he perceived as dissidents mm-hmm. probably have died by now. I would imagine. Well, yeah, probably um, so from
0: heart failure. I mean, you can't just go eating people every day. Yeah. To so now.
2: I was gonna say, yeah. And the Iraq War was a while ago, so they're probably not alive. So if you do want to go and look at some lions who have actually eaten people, your best bet is to go to what is it? The Fairfield Museum in Chicago. And uh, go yeah, say the hi Field to the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Say what's up, boys. Yes, and
1: uh, you can. Um, uh, Emma actually sent me this uh, meme. When we were talking about recording the show It's uh, If you're an internet person you can walk up to the glass And look at the two lines and just say Two of them Which, I don't know. Maybe if no, you're... that's the plot. That that's the plot of Ghost in the Darkness. Two of them, pretty yeah, much. Them. Yeah, because it's it's a uh, you know, and it is a good premise. It's like I mean, one man eating lion is one thing, but like two working two together. Two man eating That's a little <laughs> fucked, and you could take it in all kinds of interesting directions. Um, I believe that uh, Goldman's. Original. I have no idea we're
0: talking about. <laughs>
1: two, I believe mean. I believe that Goldman's original pitch. Was oh, basically, I'll put it. I'll put it in the link. Yeah, the <laughs> I believe Goldman's original pitch was this is Lawrence of Arabia meets Jaws.
2: Yes, which is terrible because
1: That's a, I, it falls short of both. Don't oversell say. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: What is, what is the old MST? The d- quote: Don't talk about a good movie in your bad movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. Here's my thing, and I mentioned this to Jen, which is, like I said, the premise is good. Mm-hmm. There we go. And I think... On the right hands, you would have a good fucking like borderline the terror yeah. story. I think if you focused on the mix of, like I said, um, you know the, the British wanting to to Britonize Africa. You have the the native um, the native people. Uh, why am I?
0: Yeah, man. Why can't I never remember
2: their names? Sorry. The the the, 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 tribe, Maasai? the Consoli- Yeah, you have the Maasai people. You have some different tribes. You have a history. You have the Indian. And um, if I'm really sorry, I think this is the term. But if I'm not, please don't cancel me. I'm growing. I'm learning. You have the coolies who are coming in from the Raj, like, you know, to work yes. on these things, too. And that was my whole thing of Patterson, which the movie doesn't address because it's a coward, which is <laughs> I would like to see, you know, the point of view. How does an Irishman feel about going to another country that's being forcibly colonized where everyone there is, you know, treated like livestock? Shit, yeah. And I feel like, you know, and so you have all that. You have these, you know, these cultural and... Conflicts you have, you know, the the incredible like harm and damage that colonization is happening with. You can put in another like kind of misguided missionary bringing Jesus to the the savages and well, thank stuff. Thank God that guy and got then, eaten. Oh God, yeah, I that, know that. that yeah.
0: He didn't really even have a chance to do anything.
2: Yeah, luckily he didn't anyone. Yeah, yeah it's like God. let me let
0: me mention what my uh, goal here is. Nope, I didn't anymore. even get
2: to spread yellow
1: fever to the workers. Um,
2: God, God that is, is for good for
0: their benefit. <laughs>
2: Um, yeah, so you have all these and then in the middle of that you suddenly have these two lions that are not acting in a way anyone in this, you know, done. group knows lions <laughs> do, and you can be like, What's going on?
1: Yes. Yeah. Are they, yeah,
2: are they even evil do... lions or is there something more? Yeah. And I think you could have a really good story, and that's going back. I, the a good movie, Call
0: Cthulhu adventure, anyway. Yeah,
2: and like I said, it's like what the movie—it's—it's it's shot fine. It's—it's it's there, you know. Filmmaker Sigmund it's
3: so
1: boring. is cinematographer. <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. That's kind of my my takeaway from it is that like it's it's like this elaborate, sanitized, simplified kind of Hollywood adventure. Like all those nuances that you're talking about, the that you bring up about. You know, there are yeah. cultural differences between like the Africans and you know the Indians mm-hmm. and you know like you mentioned too like you know an Irishman helping to to further colonialization. You have um, civilization pushing into the wilderness and the wilderness pushing back. Mm-hmm. Like there are a lot of themes there, but this just has kind of you know a, a slight you know Jerry Bruckheimer esque kind of feel to it.
1: Mm. Yeah, Jerry Bruckheimer without the kind of exciting kinetic action too. Right, yeah. Because say what you want about Bruckheimer, like, he does give the people what they want.
0: Yeah, but this does have that very sort of facile 90s feeling to it. Yeah. As exemplified by Jerry Bruckheimer.
1: Yeah, which, um and also in that kind of way, which I think um, Emma mentioned <clears throat> before we were recording, I think over text, was was um the way that in the 90s, like, we were kind of starting to understand that maybe, uh, at least in... And I know we understood that way before that Hollywood just takes a long ass time to catch up (laughs) to any of this. But in the 90s, we were um, kind of starting to make films where we were like, hey, you know, maybe like um, the actions of these colonialist nations weren't like necessarily so chill and good. Audiences
0: don't want that.
1: Yeah, like. um, They
0: don't want to be questioning or thinking about things.
1: And, um, but we hadn't reached the point where you couldn't, where. You wouldn't not cast a white guy in the lead. It's like, yeah, you know, Dances with Wolves is like a little bit of a revisionist Western, but it's like, look at this, look at this white guy coming in and like Indianing so hard that he's really good at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and Patterson's kind of assimilation into camp life and uh, um, his job as overseer <laughs> is pretty frictionless, apart from these lions.
2: And that is kind of weird on some level, which is, I think, for better or worse, you can see another movie where Patterson goes and he talks to the Maasai people and he learns from them, you know, and stuff. And here it's just like, oh, he spent some time in India, so he's, you know, (laughs) on top of committing numerous atrocities under the Raj, Uh, he's hunted tigers. So how hard could it be to hunt a lion? Yeah. Yeah,
0: It's a a tiger (laughs) without strife. Same deal. Yeah,
2: there we go. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know if maybe it's it's, it's petulant of me to be like, I wanted more character development from the ghost in the darkness, but I don't really feel like Patterson learns or grows, if that makes sense.
0: Or even just playing up the uh, sort of disregard for human life and safety there. Like getting Mm -hmm. his his boss who they've established is a jerk.
2: Oh, that was the weird thing. Because usually in those 90s movies where some angry boss comes in and is like, Oh, make your life a living hell if you don't get those reports done. (laughs) Usually Mm -hmm. gets like eaten by Godzilla or or a T rex or something, you know. Yeah, no, he just goes back
0: and gets his knighthood.
2: Yeah, no, this the sky does not get eaten by a lion, which going back it is a movie based on real events about two man eating lions. And I do not see a lot of people get eaten by these lions. Oh, you want to talk about, like, good characters, though? That uh, that one Maasai guy who gets uh, who gets bodied really early on. Oh, what was his name? Yeah, um, like, after
1: he says that yeah, he has presence. killed a lion with his bare hands. Bare hands.
2: I mean, I mean like, you want to say, like, it's a very mediocre movie, but that, that line did get a laugh out of me. <laughs>
1: yeah, because yeah, it's like, it, uh, I mean, it is a good lie if it's a lie to say, like, yeah, I fucked up a lion with my bare hands. And then he, then he gets seen by a lion, so the lions called his bluff. They're like, "Okay, yeah. motherfucker, let's see you use your bare hands now."
0: And I... you know, more cliche, African guy dies first. Yeah, yeah.
1: And going back to the um, the the character that we mentioned of of Patterson's boss, basically, I really want to emphasize how bad the fucking dialogue is in this movie, because I wrote down a line that he says verbatim, which is. I don't care about you and I don't care about the 30 dead. I care about my knighthood. And it's like, okay, so did the writer just kind of like take his like character breakdown that he was writing down to kind of like feel this person out <laughs> and just like put it into the dialogue? Because that's that's dog shit. Like all the that's scenes with all the scenes with this character are dog shit. It's one of those things too where
0: it's like, well, how many more of your men do you want to have eaten by lions? You know, to jeopardize your project. Like, Remember, you though, they're not—they're not
2: his men. They're the other. You know, like I said, they're—they're uh, they're Indians who have come over to help with the project, and you know, native various yeah, tribes. Yeah, but what I'm saying Kenya. is,
0: like, as as a responsible manager, though, he has to understand that, like, <laughs> me, he has me, to have workers were, uh, in order to finish the job.
2: Me and Jen were talking about this over text, though. Is there? There is no such thing as a responsible manager if you are very lucky, maybe you won't catch on how incompetent your manager is until later on.
0: Yeah, That's a, a lot, lot of never people say yeah, a manager, word, But he's like, not yeah. good at his job is what I'm saying. Like <laughs> yes. if, if they need to complete the bridge effectively without having all their workers die, then it does make a lot more sense for him to allow a garrison... To protect the people actually doing the work, it's just it's just short sightedness. I mean, this guy hasn't taken any you know managerial classes. I think. I, well, I mean, he's he, one of he, those, probably, like... he was probably born into this upper class um, British lifestyle. Dare I dare I suggest?
2: You think back in the day they had those like awful like self help books all the fucking terrible managers have in their office: how to lead <laughs> so people will listen, and how to listen so you can lead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, I think it was just assumed at the time... Who, who, mov-
0: who moved my cheese? It simply is not done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> who moved my Welsh rarebit? Um, right. I think that at the time it was just assumed that if you were uh, like a landed um, Anglo man, you were capable. Uh, it, right, so... yeah. He didn't
0: have any qualifications mm. other than he was born into it. Right. Or he was rich enough that like, yeah, you're in charge, I guess.
1: And this is kind of... this is really indicative of where the movie fails is that could be a really interesting bit of friction between characters is the fact that Patterson's boss is so arrogant. In fact, it could say something broadly about British culture and Mm -hmm. colonialism. And yes, man's folly in the, in the face of nature. Mm -hmm. Um, The, but it's just, it's, it's not there. It's like, Oh wow, that guy's a real asshole. Um, and we're supposed to just, like, hope Val Kilmer succeeds. Yeah,
0: it's just like, why is he an asshole? It's not important. He just, you do the job. It's just know.
1: weird because I guess they were
2: like, well, we need some sort of, like, you know, pressure for him to, to finish the bridge. But it's like, no, it's it's his job to finish the bridge. He I think he, well, no, no, going back, no. He wants it to be like Jaws. So this is supposed to be the mayor who won't close up the beach.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Only bad.
0: It's like, we need to get that train through. It's like, we we understand that. That's the whole premise. Of course we we need to get the train through.
1: Yeah, and um, this, maybe because this was a movie written in 1996 by kind of a, um, I would say an old school kind of screenwriter, is that they, you know, forget like giving the main white characters a point of view. They also forgot to give like any kind of a real point of view to any of the workers. Um, and this might have a lot to do with, uh, Goldman, who I will say is a fine screenwriter, but I wonder if he maybe wasn't kind of stuck in that mentality of just writing, like, I'm going to write a heroic tale about heroic men. Um, I have read a couple of his memoirs, um, Adventures of the Screen Trade, and uh, which lie d- did I tell? Uh, and which lie did I tell? He actually does talk a little bit about ghosts in the darkness. Right. And, yeah,
0: because if you don't care about any of the characters getting dragged off by lions, it's like okay, we're down one more prop.
1: Yeah, and I think it's instructive, kind of the way one of his approaches to to screenwriting. And I'm not even saying it's a it's a bad a- approach. I'm just saying that um, that uh, it says something about like him, like as a as as a person, where he's coming from, um, he would always write screenplays with certain classic actors in mind. Like, um, if even if he was writing a screenplay in the eighties about, Douglas. well, no, like further than that, like he he's like <laughs> yeah, I know. he he would cast in his mind actors like Cary Grant. Um, so he's casting someone who started in in the thirties, and you know if you. Look at Cary Grant, like, you're not generally going to see him in a movie, like, or playing a character that's critical of colonialism. Um, you're going to see him play, like, the, you know, the cool, like, sexy guy, um... So Patterson is thus somewhat... Hey,
0: baby, I'm a colonialist.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like (laughs) like Patterson is thus somewhat of a colorless character. And, like, maybe they did interfere with uh, the portrayal of Remington, but I don't know. Was there a lot going on with that character in the first place? Because you wanted him to have no backstory. Um, I agree that it, it didn't serve the character well to just kind of shoehorn in a couple of lines about him, like... I think fighting on the side of the Confederacy <laughs> in the Civil War. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, what did you intend with this character?
2: I guess, and I like that you said it, because, like, what do you want to say? Like, oh, this this guy fought in the Confederate. Okay, and... Like you know, what's this? No, what's it say? Like, does you know, does um, fuck, I can't remember about Kilmer's character off the top of my head. Suddenly, Patterson. Um, this. Yeah, what does Patterson have an opinion of that? You know, do like, is Samuel like a black man? You know, yeah, especially have because an they give that this? they yeah. give
1: that dialogue to Samuel. <laughs> like he's all sad. He's like, oh yeah, like he his country fought a great. I wish I could do Nick Mullen's African <laughs> guy voice, but I won't. Um, his country fought a great. Civil War, and he fought on the losing side, and he lost everything, and I was like, am I supposed to feel bad that, like, General Sherman came through and, like, beat their asses? (laughs) Like, he was fighting on the side for slavery.
0: Was he relegated mean, to a slave after that? No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, and
2: like I said, going I back, right. I think you can have an interesting story. An interesting story. I think it's fine if someone's like a Confederate soldier, and you just want to be like, "Whoa, this guy is reprehensible," but doesn't do anything yes. with it. You know, yeah, even
0: his death like d- carries no dramatic weight because I mean, you understand that the guy who's better at this, who shows up and isn't the main character, is supposed to die to show you how bad things are. Mm. So yes. So that you know the primary character can then you know grow into that into the role of the, the of the dead person but it like it
2: happens so quickly yeah he's too, just kind like- of there no, usually usually those the usually that trope, um, you know, where, you know, the your Christoph Waltz dies or whatever, they're they're, they're supposed to be like, What is it? This is a stupid trope like the the, the arcs, oh the hero at his lowest, you know? Right. Yeah. And we gotta, you know, see Patterson sulk and wail and gnash his teeth and be like, Oh, it's hopeless. I never see me wife and me wee babe again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> me bairn. <laughs>
1: um
2: You know, kinda shit and then him and Sam were like, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna to quote another movie in the '90s about men killing large predators. We're gonna kill that motherfucker. Um, <laughs> and um, God, y'all, they got lions out
1: here this big. <laughs> the
2: God, I remember that. The audience like hooted and hollered and clapped like it was a fucking Marvel movie, and the Hulk had shown. Well, people... No, it was a different time back then. People were just delighted to see a British, like, Academy Award-winning actor say motherfucker. Um, (laughs) But anyway. (laughs) um, Yeah, anyway. uh, So they go... Yeah, and then they go and do it, and it happened, but like I said, in Ghost in the Darkness, there's not that, those beats, they show up, There, you're correct, there's that beautiful display of blood, which would have worked a lot earlier on before we knew it was lions, like, who could have done this, you know, yeah. we know it's we know it's lions going in, we, we are familiar with the, you know. Yes. Um. Yeah, yeah they, but they need they to put it together. Yeah, so they don't, they like, you know, they burn his remains and they go kill a lion in the end, like, there's... There's not that pause and that beat. They're so indifferent. Samuel's
1: like, "Fuck the sky." <laughs> you know, if he fucking, fought for
0: the, the, su- the yeah, south. Fucking a fuck the yeah, fucking slave owner.
1: dead. <laughs> yeah, because they um, they take a particular delight in showing like just how down and chill Remington is with like the Maasai. And, you know, he speaks the language. And, like, God, you know, they just fucking respect him so goddamn much because he is just so fucking cool. Like, he is just a cool fucking guy. And it is really... I don't know it, maybe it played I, I mean I feel like it was hack a little bit hack in 96 but like now it's just like come the fuck on oh like, no
2: it's 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 yeah, so it's not fucking, really earned you yeah know, it's fucking cringe to just see like a white dude you know for southern accent being considered the coolest guy on the block like surrounded by like you know a bunch of like you know <laughs> by, like
0: well, he, a
1: native African you know <laughs>
0: he's like hey hey, I think I own your cousin <laughs> <laughs>
1: But we won't know for sure until they invent DNA testing. Yeah, well. Anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, your name's McGregor. Sorry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, we're just going to obliterate your culture. Like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, ew. it, 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 it. Just
0: it's, like we're going to kill your wildlife. We're just here to slay. Yeah. Slay queen.
1: Like, there are so many, there are so many questions that this movie could have asked. And I'm not saying that it's necessarily bad to make a movie, which is just kind of about, like, heroic deeds there are certainly movies like that which succeed very well but when you pitch something that is going to be uh, Lawrence of Arabia meets Jaws I'm going to look I want either like the uh, you know kind of like the um, uh, just because like first of all Jaws is just like a great movie start to finish like great crowd pleaser um, it's got everything that you want in a blockbuster. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia is a truly great epic film with some thematic weight to it, like a Sir Robert Bolt screenplay with, which for 1962, like genuinely has some things to say about you know British actions in other countries and, and stuff like that. Even if it is about like a white guy going to the desert to be, to act like a Bedouin, but it, it's not just like oh and then Lawrence Bedouin of Arabia was the first was Bedouin, the first yeah. person to go to burning man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he does the white guy in the desert. I'm going to find myself, man. <laughs> because one of the great things about Lawrence of Arabia is that it um, it builds up this hero in the first half and then it brings him really sharply down to earth.
2: Oh, and that's why I love the movie. Anytime I was like, oh, it's a white savior movie, I'm like, did you turn it off during the intermission? <laughs> They're
1: all like intermission.
2: They're like, okay, cool. I'm gonna go home. No, it's intermission. The movie continues. You have to wait. Yeah. And why they would they don't you even put
0: a third anymore, act in your movie? Is. You can just leave it the half and be like, that's great.
1: Yeah. They and and they, like the guys they, rule. Yeah. It's a it's it's a dude's rock. It's a dude's rock movie. What? Um. But yeah, yeah. Um. Lawrence soon comes to learn that he doesn't. You know. He okay. Like he didn't fit in with british culture but he sure as shit isn't a bedouin and by the end he finds himself like a ghost between two worlds and there's there's up in comments like he gets fucking sexually
2: assaulted yeah you know like it's like bad things happen to him and like i said he's, he's like yeah he's like oh i'm gonna do it i'm gonna fit in, and he can't and he kind of goes back to britain a broken man you know, that's yeah. kind of it for him. Yeah, and I, I think mean, it's he was—he was, he was it's asking movie, for it the but way he was
0: a, dressed, like a, a bride. Movie.
2: Okay, <laughs> actually, you no, know, I always—I always think about this because. Um, obviously mixed things and T.E. Lawrence in his actual I think um book like basically implies something like very terrible happened to him at one point during interrogation but
1: right. then there's
2: other accounts that are like no this guy was like a sicko he just like really liked you know to get the shit beat out of him which I'm never sure because I'm like I obviously like if this happened to the guy I don't want a victim blame you know right
1: like it, yeah. it's it's so, possible that he made up the story about being raped by turks and we probably will never know um you can't we say gotta that We got to find that AI <laughs> Lawrence T Lawrence AI Yeah like well somebody can ask him but um yeah like um you can't say that uh Lawrence didn't accomplish incredible things you might uh, question his motives as like a serving officer in in, in the mm. british army and the british had like very specific interests in arabia and we've all seen how that turned out mm. um but and the, but you know that kind of illustrates it doesn't it is the fact that we're talking about lawrence arabia and not fucking ghosts in the darkness <laughs> mm.
0: Yeah, there's a lot more that could be done. I mean, um, I think that the movie is like bereft of themes is probably one of the core failings. Because, I mean, you can even put something in about just, you know, Man Against Nature, Mm -hmm. where you can show like the callousness towards not just the workers, but, you know, the environment. Uh, But, I mean, at best, it's just an indifference. It isn't like we need to, you know, kill this herd of animals or whatever. Like there are elephants in the background where it's like, hey, we're out in Africa, isn't this cool? And it's like, Africa just being assholes to them but like we don't get something where it's like <clears throat> a a cursed journey where it's difficult like every step up until they get to the point of the lines and the lines of the real turning point where everything turns to shit mm-hmm. or it isn't even just something you know simple that is like we just are freely plowing our way through Africa without any care about what we affect until then Africa you know then makes itself known and then the shit hits the fan. Like they don't have anything like that. They took a a, a story that does have a lot of you know, dramatic, um, thematic potential, a lot mm-hmm. of weight to it, but they made it about just it's two lions that you never really see. And I mean, we've seen a you know a predator that you don't see <laughs> at all. We've seen that done better in Predator. Isn't <laughs> that an alien? Like you know, it is possible. You know, I mean, <clears throat> it is like Jaws in that you don't see. The monster for the bulk of the movie but that just means that there isn't any weight to them like when they do show up they you know show up and kill someone and leave show up kill someone and leave but like it doesn't it doesn't seem to like add up to anything i guess because the body count is so slight it's like they're people getting killed off screen they're coolies that we don't care about so it's like meh you know operating expenses
2: Well, Tim, earlier on, and you you said this, and you were like, man pushing into, you know, into the wild and, you know, the the wilderness, the world's pushing back, and it was such a beautiful phrase. I'm like, wow, why did the dust in the darkness say that? Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, No, and like I said, going back, um, and I originally, Jen, you're the one who brought this up, and I brought it up on here because I steal from people, but you were like, (laughs) oh, like the terror, um, which is a Mm -hmm. great example of man attempting to, you know, brave and tame, like this untamable frontier, and how it goes so bad because obviously on the show the show is not good because there's an evil polar bear monster that's eating people (laughs) that's just icing yeah it is icing on the polar bear cake but it's it's everything falling apart. It's these you know men who are now stuck. You know things going wrong that they couldn't have predicted. It's um you know it's it's people trying to keep pomp and circumstance when it's not the time for it anymore, motherfucker.
0: Yes, yeah.
2: and it's so good. It's, it's and it's, it's something. It's something ahead. that
0: I've seen brought up elsewhere, and I think I mentioned it before on the show. But like that is one of the keys to horror is. Having people commit to, like, doubling down to a, a plan that has already failed. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, because it's like they're already, like, in the shit. They just don't know how you know, how much trouble they're in. And it's, the only way out of it is to just recede from it, to, like, turn around. But no one's willing to turn around. They're pressing on in the wrong direction. And that just causes more bad things to happen.
1: Yeah, and the fact that um uh, they are in an environment where... People probably shouldn't even be like. Yeah. At the very least, yeah. if you're not Inuit, you probably shouldn't be there. Um, yeah. The premise of first season: of the terror is is uh, this journey where they're trying to find the the Northwest Passage um, through the Arctic Ocean, and it goes wrong. It doesn't go too good. Um, and it's maybe yeah, one it's of cold the, up there. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's maybe one of the best seasons of television that I've ever seen. Um, personal favorite of mine. Um, it's like uh, dark supernatural master and commander. So that's right. cool, right?
0: Oh, yeah. And how, how else could you improve on master and commander other than dark supernatural master and commander?
1: Put a fucking devil polar bear in it. I don't know. <laughs> like. It can be pulled off. and um,
0: Yeah, it's like there's there's only one, and I'm stealing this joke from like The Onion or something. It was like, what's there's no more masculine name than Powers Booth. The only way to improve it would be Super Powers Booth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and, I mean, let's all of, watch Tombstone after this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. <laughs>
2: but kind of going back to that we were talking about is like, the Ghost in the Darkness keeps trying to be like, these lions, there's something else. They're evil. But they're like, here's the thing. The polar bear monster and the terror, you're like, whoa, that's not a polar bear. That's a polar bear monster. Yeah. And like the ghosts in the darkness is, are, are, are cowards. I mean, not the lions are cowards. The movie. The movie, it is it is
1: cowardly because they want to cowardly frame the lion. lions. <laughs> oh, courage. <laughs> courage. Courage. I, I don't know why Val Kilmer didn't just wrap him up in cellophane.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Put them up. Uh,
2: but, yeah, so it, it wants to have its li- It wants to have its lion's share of the cake and eat it, too. It wants to um, have
0: its coolies and eat them, too, yeah.
2: Yeah, so it wants to be like, these lions are really evil, but then when you see them, you're just like, oh, they're just lions, and they're clearly dangerous predators, but it doesn't do enough to convince me that these lions are otherworldly.
1: Yeah, so, and that's definitely yeah. a theme that I want to talk about, because it is. Um, it appears to be what really attracted goldman to the story because he talks about it in his memoirs um he talks about it in an interview which i capped um this was i want to say this was in the guardian and it's from uh, roughly mm. 1996 uh, goldman has since passed away um, and this is what he says. Uh, queried about the ghosts in the darkness, the underrated, disagree, 1996 mm-hmm. film about two rampaging male lions that rip Correctly hundreds rated. of railroad, railroad workers to pieces before Val Kilmer brings them to justice. He, he doesn't really. He, just he arrests kills them? them? Yeah. <laughs> he sued the fuck out of those lions. He's like, you yeah. owe me 130 coolies, motherfucker. <laughs> um, Goldman and becomes, back pay. Goldman becomes unexpected, which I'm not going to give to the workers because we pay them like... A dollar a month um
0: right yeah that goes to the pound a month let's be honest
1: uh (laughs) goldman becomes unexpectedly animated weren't those lions terrifying he exclaims if you can believe in the existence of evil you can understand that story stephen hopkins did a terrific job on that film disagree but it wasn't a great commercial success nobody wanted the lions to be that successful which is a weird way to put it um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but,
0: you know the world always getting down on lions
1: like That's did the, the lions have like points or something like did they <laughs> were they supposed to get like a, a part of the gross or something like that did they have really good agents um and uh he uh, uh he finishes by saying uh we live in a disney world which maybe but i don't know like maybe the movie should have been fucking good um that's uh, well that
0: a uh, disney world is a dystopia at its core let's be honest
1: true i don't want to live in tomorrowland um right now uh then he adds maybe we miscast the lions <laughs> why, why are you blaming the lions dude like blame your executive tigers, producer yeah. you know blame blame Val kilmer who i'm sure like created all kinds of unnecessary drama um but and it's funny too because I mean, there's a way to
0: like convey that. Well, I mean, it's not a lion, but I mean, I, I'm sure both of you have seen you know the gif online of that tiger just like leaping out of the, the tall grass onto a guy riding an elephant.
1: Uh, <laughs> and it's like you just see
0: it's just grass, 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 I tiger.
1: Mean, hold on, I'll, I need to look this up. Yikes. Um, yeah, like that's that's terrifying, and that brings us to an interesting question and something which is repeatedly hammered on by people who talk about the oh. film sorry I just look this up
2: yeah like Jeez. no no i'm kind of mad because going back obviously cgi was much more limited and it's two mm-hmm. basically like kind of you know lions who've been they're kind of the bart the bear of lions you know <laughs> yeah i don't know how scary you could make them without it becoming another roar um <laughs> sorry but i'm looking at this tiger and you're just like wow like that is something you never hope to see, ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's something that I think they could have done better to establish. I mean, just taking... Because there is kind of a cliche in movies where they just kind of do an info dump on it where they can talk about, like, the size of the lion or, like, in, you know, over its jaws <clears throat> or its paws or something. Because, I mean, you know, we've seen pictures, too, of like, just, like like, a bear claw compared to, like, a person's hand. Like, you know... A lion's fucking huge. It's like four hundred pounds. is gonna just like mo like bowl right over you. You also um,
2: don't need to see it that well because going back to Jaws, like like I said, the shark itself is uh, kind of silly and rubbery. You yeah. know, yeah. but it is framed and directed so well that you're scared of this, you know, shark.
0: Yeah, and the the like the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park too. Like the the guy who directed Jaws in Jurassic Park,
1: he sh- he's pretty name? good. Yeah, they should get him to do. <laughs>
0: more killer animal movies
1: um, yeah so maybe not an, a, the most effective uses of the lions which should be the linchpin of the film and I do kind of want to go back to this notion of the lions being evil um, because I mean I feel it's like th- we're
0: going to pollute the river too, uh, <laughs> roar
1: yeah we're going to embezzle people's tr- <laughs> And I don't even Bernie have- made off
0: We're skimming off the top.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, um, oh, oh, man, these lions raped so many lionesses. Like, not chill. Um, yeah, yeah, right. Actually, hey, you want to
0: be in the movie. The
1: way I've seen lion mating go, it almost feels like the other way around where, like, the lioness is practically grabbing- the male by the balls and being like, I want to fuck again. He's like, yes. Well, here. It, it a little, you know, it,
2: it's like that weird cat thing. So the lion has like a weird, painful barbed penis, but a female, and he's
1: just like, I want it rough. <laughs> oh, I Give have me been barbed there. That dick. Um, I mean, I've known guys who would be would have been more tolerable with a barbed penis, uh, but um, anyway. <laughs> but, fuck a lot of cats. Yeah. <laughs> I love yowling. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, or even just getting more opportunities with like the lions to do—I don't know—more liony stuff. Like they, like they like, sh-
2: like their balls.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: <laughs> or pee just on things. Like- That's funny, <laughs> right? Like or what or if they peed be- on Remington after they killed him? Oh, what if yeah. there's a
2: scene where the lions just sleep and they sleep for twenty hours and then they wake <laughs> up for an hour? And go back to sleep for another <laughs> twenty hours.
0: Damn, that's you know that is uh, you know uh, Ripley in the escape pod with the alien, but you know it's a lion.
1: Man, I want to be a lion. But anyway, um, yeah, like with um, the lion
0: out the goddamn airlock.
1: My my thing is that I'm not even opposed to a framing where yes, the lions are evil because like on its face, and I feel like maybe. Emma will agree with me, like knowing a lot about animals in the natural world. The idea of an animal being evil is like really fucking funny because it's like, well, animals aren't really capable of that. Like that it's is giving something-
3: them well, yeah, more credit. I,
2: I always, I, every time people and I go when I when I worked at the zoo and I got asked this by like usually not adults, usually kids, you know, because yeah. kids are kind of learning morals and what's good what's bad Or animals mean obviously i'm not going to say this to a child because it's quoting warner herzog from (laughs) grizzly man Um, but it is is my favorite fucking quote in regards to shall we say the morality of animals and he says you know i'm gonna do my terrible val kilmer (laughs) accent here (laughs) when i look at the bear i do not see good not evil but it's the cruel indifference of nature and i love that quote the cruel yes. indifference of nature like Mwah, chef's kiss
1: like it's so good i love that movie
2: description yeah um but i do view that in these incidents where animals kill people and even incidents like the you know the savo man eaters where animals are killing people on an unprecedented level. No, I don't think these lions are evil. I think circumstances led them to start hunting people. right? Right.
0: Yeah. If they were um and yeah, it's funny that you bring up Grizzly Man as well, because the reason that well, as they established in the movie, the reason that uh was it Timothy Treadwell died is because he had made friends with a lot of the bears there, but Coming down for more scarce resources were a lot of these more I don't want to call them wild bears, but like they were less socialized than the ones he knew. They're sort of like the the difficult teenage bears. <laughs> yeah, and, like a lot of and, the
1: bears that he lived around had like learned how to tolerate this crazy person.
0: Yeah, but then the other bears that are they're just like, what is this like uh, defenseless piece of meat? that's he like also, getting away way. And yeah.
2: also the, the bear, I mean going back to kind of those bears is like the one that ate him and his poor unfortunate girlfriend who yeah. was drink, dragging along to all this was it was he was camping I think in the middle of winter or something. So the bear that went after him was probably really fucking hungry and here was very easy food yeah. know, that it was not familiar
0: with. And that seems like what happened in um what in this in the Savo Valley where it was like We just set up a buffet for lions, and they're like, (laughs) Normally, we've got to chase our meal, but like, you just left it out, And and there's dozens of it.
2: That is one of the theories. Obviously, at the time, you know, um, our, our opinion of, you know, kind of natural history was more, well, can we shoot it instead? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, but a lot of theories now come to be maybe there was a lack of resources, either natural or man-made. And that lack of resources caused the lions to, out of desperation, encroach further and further into man's territory. I said it very loosely. Right, you know? yeah. And they were like, wow, this is actually very easy picking so what became something out of desperation might have just become convenience
1: you know yeah the
0: the the lion town dried up when they put that new freeway in
1: (laughs) it reminds me of that far side cartoon with like where like the polar bear has like chewed off the top of an igloo Mm -hmm. and he's like he's like oh i love these they have a chewy center or something like that where and you know like obviously um the, the Inuit have integrated into the natural world, like, much better than, um, say, like, you know, British yeah, people Yeah, you've got to exist Africa. on
0: its terms. Oh, That's well, everyone
1: integrates into stuff better than... What do you think they're all on an island, Jen? Yeah, yeah. Like, Turf Island is... Uh, they're, yeah. they're not very smart. But, um, so, <laughs> the... Um, that idea of, uh, you know, maybe... Well, you know, maybe aliens conveys that in a way, because, like, space being, like, a tremendously hostile environment um mm-hmm. and you have weyland yutani like you know basically exploiting its workers to you know extract value yeah, it's like from we,
0: we can control this uh this killer alien this perfect you know destructive organism right we can monetize it somehow
1: yeah and you know we might we might lose a few people but that's just like you know a couple of operating lines expenses a balance sheet. yeah 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 um but those are all and again we're talking about movies which are not this movie because those movies are so much more thematically interesting and like um, and I don't in
0: this way yeah Ghost in the Darkness, is it does remind one of Jaws and Lawrence of Arabia and alien and on and on because you'd rather talk about any of those movies
1: and I would like I would be down with um, something that was maybe like the terror or even something which kind of did, persuade me that wow yes these animals these non-human animals are evil quote unquote um supernatural would be would be sick but you know like it doesn't have to be I don't think the yeah. actual manators were motivated by anything supernatural would be an interesting premise um but
0: it's just one of those things <clears throat> that just kind of is you know like we've encountered a lion that's worse than the lions that we've had to deal with before it's you know, pushing into a more treacherous environment that you know the it's, it raises the stakes. I guess for yeah, of a better term.
1: It's almost like they keep telling us this. Like, damn, these lions are not like other lions. Like, these lions got like a whole cave full of bones. That's fucked up, right? Which is like, yeah. you know, that's kind of a that's kind of a that cool was actually scene. pretty
0: creepy. Yeah. yeah, I love
2: I love the lion cave all the bones.
1: Like me when I eat all the chicken wings, just <laughs> 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 of bones. This Emma. She's not like the other Emmas. <laughs> Forty chicken wings. You're like, give me another plate of wings. Um, no, no, I respect.
2: have it. For, it's for my
1: friend too. Where we're gonna
0: share. <laughs> respect. Um, yeah, just two lions being bros. What the hell?
1: Yeah. So that's that's fine. It's just the movie doesn't like sell that that premise very well like they are like pretty much just lions when you see them and these these lion actors are doing a reasonable job um there's a little bit of cg which is not horrible it's used very Mm -hmm. sparingly um they appear to have done a good job with um, they do the
2: sam raimi cam a few times
1: which is kind of cool like i did like the 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 camera
0: on the baboon
1: Oh, that poor baboon. Well yeah. yeah. I felt bad for that baboon. <laughs> I did.
0: Uh, I don't know if that's true about, you know, it says that lions hate the sound of a baboon. I mean, I believe it if you know, if you're a wild animal and you're like primates of every stripe are assholes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, I know that lions have a somewhat fraught relationship with hyenas and such, but um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know much about their relationship with baboons. It's probably not good. Um but oh it's emma one thing that I, yeah one thing that i did want to yeah. ask you was um i know that obviously the the field museum in chicago has um the the stuffed uh, lions the salvo man-eaters they have their skulls and everything which i believe are on display is there a consensus on what made these lions do this now that they have been examined um.
2: There's some interesting theories about how one of the lions had like a damaged tooth or something, right? Um, and like it might be like, oh, maybe it was like trickier for him to hunt because of that. So it was trickier to go after like a, de- a zebra that can run like 40 yards and kick you in the face versus a, a tent of you know <laughs> uh, people sleeping. going, meh, yeah. meh, 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 you know, <laughs> um kind of thing yeah infection at the root of his canine tooth which made it harder for lions to hunt um, because normally, um, this for for those of you who are morbidly curious or have a war fetish, if you ever get eaten <laughs> by a lion, what they tend to do is use their jaws and they grab their prey and basically suffocate them because they have an incredible bite force. Um, lion teeth are actually really interesting because our like unlike our teeth, which go up and down, lion teeth kind of go to the sides. So they sort of slice like scissors. So if you just right. imagine like an incredible force, yeah. Um, I, I think I shared this with you guys when we talk about roar. <laughs> yeah, just because Melanie on. Griffith. Lion yeah. experts uh, coming in and talking lion movies. Yeah. Welcome to my so... TED Talk,
0: lion's <laughs> teeth. Oh my I, g- I almost
1: lost part of my face to a lion, but anyway, so I was, I was 13 and I was living with Don Johnson, but anyway. Um... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, but maybe she just needed a way out.
1: <laughs> oh, God. That yeah, was... so That's how this
0: happens, yeah. I
1: do feel a little bad for Melanie, like I do, you know, I like. Tippi Hedren is an, a- an actress, and I felt like she's she has redeemed herself somewhat with her good work with animals, but I don't think she was that great of a mom in a lot of ways.
0: <laughs> also, Tippi Hedren, a terrible construction foreman.
2: So Melanie Griffith uh, will not talk about Roar at all.
0: I could totally understand she that. She
2: absolutely will not. Her and her and Jan Dubont, I think, um okay, so I know the word trauma I know this is not, what the, trau- this is not the, what the word trauma bond means, but there really should be a word for people who like come together after experiencing something horrific.
1: Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like I um and in fact, um if you listeners have not yet heard it, you should go back and listen to our episode about Roar with uh, Emma, which I think I will take the opportunity to link because it's a fun one. And the movie itself is, like, off the fucking chain. Um,
0: <laughs> it's really irresponsible, yes. It's
1: <laughs> wild. Um, and if you want to know more about it, you can also read um, uh, Tippy's self-titled memoir. Um, and she's fairly candid about the fact that they should not have done what they did. Um, Absolutely. She was like, yeah, yeah we fucked up. <laughs> like, this was a really <laughs> bad idea. Uh, also, her husband at the time was insane, which didn't help. Oh. I don't know what particular brand of executive function disorder this man had, but it was...
0: Toxoplasmosis. That's <laughs> <laughs>
1: From
2: Too many lion, lion
1: bites. turds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you get bitten by enough lions and have your legs swell up to the Size yeah, of a watermelon yeah. like I it's probably gonna fuck gang- you up a little
2: no I think the gangrene just sort of made its way up into his brain <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, but like, yeah. um like cordyceps but gangrene
1: That <laughs> <laughs> grew right out the top of his head um but yeah so I guess um that does kind of make it more interesting that maybe there isn't really a defined reason for these lions to do something which really cuts against the nature of most lions um like emma to- tells us like lions aren't generally going to go after humans even though they might be be easy pickings to a degree but for whatever reason these lions ate um i mean estimates go as high as like 130 people it may not have been that much but even a pair of lions who eat twenty people is like insane because it's so uncommon, and it is an interesting yeah, story. That's a lot of people to eat. Mm. Yeah, it's just it's just not interestingly told at all.
0: Yeah, it's like I'm saying, you know, it'd be like, oh, and then, and this woman ate forty chicken wings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends who's making the movie. I know that uh, I know that friend of the show, Bitter Corella, would love to watch a woman eat forty chicken wings. No, right, yeah, what if it's true. like
2: frame like like Darren Anofsky, It's just someone eating chicken wings, just this tears <laughs> going down there. Oh, we're so
1: sad. This person.
0: Oh, <laughs> am <I'm> so fat. <laughs> uh, they
1: Jennifer
0: should get the guy Lawrence who, who did Jaws.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Whatever happened to that guy?
0: I don't know. I think he like went all serious, and he just does modeling movies now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Well.
1: Yeah, his production company, Maudlin Productions. Oh no, it's Hamlin. Um,
0: <laughs> okay.
1: That was silly. Um, geez, did uh, we cover I've, everything we wanted to cover about Ghost in the Darkness?
0: The, the thing that we didn't cover, there were two funny moments. Um, one didn't land for me. It might have at the time, but at the end, there is Val Kilmer being chased by one of the lions at the bridge because you know the cat just pops out. Wow. It, it was you know hide, it was hiding in the cat trap. Oh, that's what they should have done. They just should have set out, like, two giant shoe boxes. You could have <laughs> dealt with it immediately. No, no, um,
1: yeah, no. the lions need just curl um, up in the box. <laughs> yeah.
2: What you need to do is they could have ordered on Amazon some very elaborate, like, cat toys, taken them yeah. out, left the box there, and the lion
1: goes <laughs> straight to the box.
0: To, to, wi- to beat the lion, you must think like the lion. <laughs> oh, instead uh, of
1: instead of constructing that, uh, that uh, structure... That uh, yeah. Patterson built that he learned about in India. He should have built like an elaborate lion tree, like a cat tree, but for <laughs> lions. And then they would have been like, eh, we'll just go get in this box instead.
0: Yeah, then we'll hide in the train car and be like, ah, typical lions. <laughs> um, or, you know, get like a build a giant laser pointer. <laughs> just, you
1: know, the technology just wasn't like there
0: that. yeah yeah we could if only we'd known but there's a moment where Val Kilmer is being chased by the lion on the bridge and this is again like if someone ran this as a Call of Cthulhu game I would have enjoyed it but uh, Val Kilmer's running from the lion on the bridge and what's his name his black friend I don't <laughs> Samuel. Remember the Samuel. Name. Samuel so he's there he's got the gun he's got the rifle pointed at the tiger and he's like you know Patterson Batterson, down, like, you know, down, down. But as it gets closer and he's not listening to him, the line gets closer, then he just kind of, then he's just like, down, down. Nope. And then he just turns around and runs.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like,
0: like. I can totally see someone, like, being in that situation where it's like, I'm going to do the right thing until, no, no, I, I missed my chance. I'm just looking out for myself now.
1: There, are, There is a lot, um, there are a lot of scenes in this movie of people, like, Wanting to shoot a gun and not shooting a gun?
0: Yeah, I mean, how hard is it to shoot a lion in the face? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, I understand that that might not be the easiest... Shot to get. I don't know. Like I feel
2: like, like you know, it's it's sort of a big target. Lions are a big animal. You know, it's not like uh, you're shooting like a little cat. I mean, I mean,
0: that would be. I I I shot a lion in my pajamas once. (laughs) How he got in my pajamas, I'll never know. (laughs) Thank you, Groucho.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I understand that it's probably not the easiest thing to hit a lion that is charging at you. But there is a ridiculous scene where they're in the um. The uh quote unquote contraption yeah. that Patterson built, of uh, the contrabulous fab traption of Patterson.
0: The the Immaculate Contraption, yeah. Yeah, where
1: he um he basically sticks a bunch of workers in there who can shoot, like guys who know how to hunt, and he's like, Okay, like this is the way it's gonna Ostensibly. work. Oh, that fucking three stooges ass scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really and Patterson is probably infuriated, like afterward you
0: had one job right i think for
1: me
2: it's not that they, they keep missing the lion um because there are the barriers there and stuff it's the fact that there's like why did they knock over the the, the lantern
3: yeah fucking yeah.
1: three Stooges shit like i was expecting those guys to burn to death too which yeah. would have been like something but interesting maybe yeah. that would have been a bridge too far i don't know and you know patterson bridge wasn't done yet jen <laughs> And it's really important that they build this bridge for their white masters. It just it's just it's it's so important. Um so I you know, I get it. I get it's it's maybe hard to shoot a lion in this box, but it just ends up getting fucking. It's harder to shoot a lion in your pajamas. (laughs) 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 And Oh (laughs) Always with with movies, there's always, um, with action movies, there's always a suspension of disbelief. You know, guns always have more bullets than they would actually hold. Um, people make incredible shots that they couldn't make in real life. Um, and people will yeah. miss shots that that should have been easy. And, you know, real life is like that. You know, people will pull a trigger and, oh, no, I forgot to load the gun or something Equally stupid,
0: but that's that a fumble. That's rolling double zeros on a uh, on percentile dice.
1: Right. So, which is fine, except there are so many moments like this in the movie that you just you just, you're just like, come yep. on, like
0: yeah, or on. like even shooting it and like maybe that doesn't phase it or something like that yeah. could be something, but it's more like ah, oh, we tried <clears throat> shooting it but didn't
1: yeah, uh, I don't know. Like you would almost expect more kind of like panicky like shots than, or just more that more so than people just being like, oh man, like I don't, uh, shoot, I could I could pull the trigger, but like I don't want to, especially because there's a point where Patterson like clears vultures away from a corpse by just wasting a bunch of bullets firing at them, and it's like I get these yeah. mad, but it's like. Do you have unlimited ammo? Like what is this? I know, I'm like, dude, it's like the eighteen hundreds. Like, doesn't it take you like like thirty minutes to like
2: reload your gun?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh it, it 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 a lot of it just like kinda doesn't make sense, kinda doesn't work. And this is actually like a oh wait, before I before I go off, Tim, did you say there was another kind of amusing moment you wanted to hmm. talk about?
0: No, I mean, I didn't want to talk about it. It was just that earlier on where he's talking about, oh, it sounds like you really love your wife. Like, I have four wives. Oh. (laughs) I don't like them. "Eh." Yeah,
2: Samuel, Samuel Peak Boomer. The old ball
0: and
1: chain. (laughs) All four ball and chain. (laughs) Yeah, his last name (laughs) is actually Lockhorn. Yeah. (laughs) Samuel Lockhorn. Um. Yeah, he so, chases
0: him around the kitchen with a spear, I don't know. Oh god.
1: <laughs> 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 My
2: podcast it, is going
1: to get canceled. <laughs> this is a uh, I mean, I guess that's okay, fine. That's like like character te- character texture, but
0: it's pretty weak.
2: It's weak and it's silly because it's like it does. I mean, we don't even know anything about Samuel. He's just yeah. like oh, they like they're like oh, he's kind of the backbone. He keeps all kind of the different like ethnic groups kind of together and stuff because yeah. he speaks English and probably other kind of languages and everything. Um, and then it's just weird like oh, the Africans, they have lot. I mean, does Melanie say that in Roar? And she like, mom in Africa, you can have, like, five wives. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, like, a weird thing, and I want to be like, I don't know, man, I'm going to look up what, you know, ethnic group this guy is, and I'm going to prove that in this group they actually, you know, didn't practice, you know, <laughs> polygamy. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, you know, I mean, it's expecting a lot from a uh, mainstream film from the mid-'90s, but it's like, you guys, like really didn't put any thought into, like, any of the texture to the story. Like, any of the... Yes. Yeah, and, you know, I can't believe, like, I didn't think of that, but I'm really glad that, like, you guys brought it up, is the whole, like, like okay, so this Irish guy is, like, working for British interests. Like, that's kind of wild. You can make, like, hay out of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of thematic uh, possibilities that none of them were followed up on and that's why you know it's a movie for i don't know 12 year olds
1: <laughs> well 12 but th- the thing is 12 year olds would be bored at this like it it doesn't have a lot of gore or gore if you will. right well
2: i remember very distinctly cuz i was 12 at the time when this movie came out and i was like i was in my i have to go see movies phase and i would just like My mom would drop me up at the movie theater. I saw so many shitty 90 movies, and I never watched this one. And you know why? It's because I loved Roger Ebert, and Roger Ebert was like, this movie sucks. And I was like, I trust you, Roger Ebert. (laughs) So I didn't go and see Ghost in the Darkness.
0: Yeah, I looked it up. Half a star. Damn. And and
2: he's vicious, but he's right. He's like, this is not a so bad, it's good movie. This movie's boring. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's completely right. Like, I think I like the premise a little more than he did, but it's a very unremarkable,
1: very forgettable movie. That's really true. And um, a
0: story about lions fucking eating people.
1: And it's boring. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it could have been so much wilder um, for all the effort they went to to manage Val Kilmer on the set. Could have been so much more. It could have, it wasn't even yeah, I mean, how a. How many
0: people did Val Kilmer eat on set?
1: <laughs>
2: not as many as Harvey Hammer did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, maybe that's it. You know, lion bites actors. That's not a story. Actor bites lion.
1: That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah, like um, this didn't even end up being a, a fascinating disaster like Island of Dr. Moreau because i mean that movie is truly misconceived on on every le- level it's it's astonishing it's astonishing enough that they made a whole documentary about how disastrous the production is and maybe the production of this is difficult but like nobody's making a documentary about production on this movie because it's not that I've also
2: seen Do- Elena dr Moreau I don't know if I'd call it a good bad movie but like you know you you and your friends could watch it and make quippy quips about it you could have yeah. it you could talk about it on a on a podcast and have more to say than like oh it's not very interesting let's <laughs>
1: talk about Lawrence of Arabia <laughs> well I it's appreciate a good
0: movie to not respect yeah
1: I appreciate both of you uh, doing as we often say on the podcast uh doing what you could with what we had which is ghosts in the darkness um this was streaming on paramount plus i believe it isn't anymore but who cares it's not very good Um, no yeah and i
0: mean there are plenty of other movies that have more of emily mortimer in them
1: Mm. that's true um, more val better
2: movies of people getting mauled by animals, and probably even better movies about the the colonization of Africa. If that's your yeah. thing, you fucking sicko. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. You can watch Apocalypse Now. You, watch, uh, uh, it's, it's you can watch. It's been done. You can watch the f- the Taylor Swift music video where she's in, like hanging out with a baby leopard or something.
0: <laughs> oh, is that ironically, it's familiar territory.
1: Mm-hmm. Is now. that the is, is that the one is that the one with where um. The actor she's with is like Clint Eastwood's son. Uh, probably it's uh, it's Wildest Dreams. I'm not a
2: whatever they call them themselves, I'm not a T Stan or whatever the fuck. Yeah. So I just remember oh, I got well, like some slack because everyone's like, she's doing a colonialism. Oh god, <laughs> god. oh, <laughs> and she was, but you know, I just you know, <laughs> there's a lot going on in the world. You, you gotta know, pick your you know, battles. <laughs> she,
0: she's, a, she's a monster for the ages, just like that. Um, Uh, Japanese act uh, Gwen Stefani
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean to be fair at least Taylor Swift has never insisted that she's actually African
1: (laughs) yeah not even South African yeah you can get away with that well
0: maybe uh, I I think a more interesting movie might be if they stretched out Katy Perry's roar to feature length Mm -mm. I don't
1: know if we need a second roar stretched out (laughs) well (laughs) imagine a (laughs) whole movie of Katy Perry being mauled by different wild cats mm. someone some weirdo in
2: the dark corner of the world has written a story about that I promise
1: yeah hey, I'm right
0: here what are you talking
2: about
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah Tim is very very active on an archive of our own <laughs> <laughs> Um. anyway uh, go write your own uh, ghost in the darkness fic cuz it'll be more interesting than this uh, Emma what is your YouTube channel again
2: you can find me at hyenas and Jen. so hyenas the animal um and the the inclusive term Gin as the alcohol, all one word. Um, I am currently, in the polite world, we say we are between jobs. So please go watch my videos. Check them out. If you like them, I have a Patreon. Um, If you have money, I know none of us do. I feel like all my support comes from about like five maladjusted queers all sending $20 bills to one another. Hey, those Um, are our friends. (laughs) 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 But if you have a $20 bill um, and you want to give it to me, please do for my patreon i'm currently trying to work on more youtube videos um in the meantime until i find gainful employment again i'm actually currently uh working on a video about roar speaking of so um, hey
1: very excited about that (laughs) highly 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 recommend so please do check it out um anyway uh just
0: don't get between (laughs) two lions yeah
1: yeah especially not two lions who are bros
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) do you think they like eiffel towered any of the uh Workers. (laughs) (laughs) Workers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, everyone thinks we're gay because we're mainless. Like, fuck sucks. <laughs> we're
0: we're metro lions.
1: It's
2: like the uh, the cis normative values
1: we have put upon these lions.
0: That's why, yeah, they're incel lions, yeah. and they snapped.
1: Oh yeah, that's why they were so violent. because mm-hmm. yeah. they were incels. Yep. They were well, they would post on Reddit and then they would get all worked up and then they would go eat people. I've been lying pill bro. lying, <laughs> pill? <laughs> <laughs> yeah like we're pretty much going to cover like all the lion movies i guess yeah, i don't yeah. i I can't think of any more. We covered and, all the ones which were important in my childhood
0: and Jen ain't lion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> uh.